0: The Midnight Podcast is proudly sponsored by Clayboy Shave Ice. Looking for a refreshing Hawaiian-style treat that will also satisfy your sweet tooth? Clayboys offers catering for birthday parties, farmers markets, living facilities, and school-sponsored events. Be sure to check out Clayboy Shave Ice on Instagram or Clayboys Prince on Instagram for custom merchandise. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of the Midnight Podcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Ben Spector.
1: You still... This is the third episode. You still haven't introduced yourself once.
0: Yeah, I'm really bad at that. (laughs) I am your host, Luke McClister. We got a very special episode today. We're going to be, you know, recapping some current... I I would say news. I mean, games hasn't really happened. We're recording this on December 26th, so... Merry late Christmas to everybody who's listening. Um, how was your Christmas been?
1: Really good, actually. Uh, I, I don't get a lot of days off, so any days off are really nice. And yeah, it was a good Christmas with my family, uh, some people close to me in my life. So yeah, it was really nice. How, Luke, how was yours?
0: It was It was pretty good. Can't complain, can't complain. Uh, it's always nice you know, see the family. So yeah, great I, I, Christmas for me.
1: Have you reached the age where you no longer view getting clothing as a gift as a bad thing?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, as a teenage guy, I feel like everybody else can can relate to this. You know, sometimes there are times when, you know, you just need clothes.
1: Like 80% of my gifts were clothing, and I was ecstatic. Yeah. I've never been happier.
0: I just, most of my gifts were stuff that I needed. So I was like, yes, I've needed this for a while. Yeah. no, so it's exactly. Nice. It's perfect. But getting into today, today's episode, we'll be, um, be talking about... Today's episode is actually going to be, you know, a lot of um, cross-country and track-oriented, um, mainly distance. So we're going to be talking about some um, alumni who have run cross-country and track in college. We're going to be talking about a few guys there. And then we're going to be um, bringing on a special guest and doing our first, you know, interview sit-down type segment big, of the pod. Big day. Big day. Big day. day.
1: And, and this man begged he, not to have some of his results on the podcast. So he said, okay, we'll just bring you on then.
0: He drives a Honda Pilot. <laughs> um, What else? He loses his wallet a lot. <laughs> but uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, s- stay tuned to find out who it is. So... Getting into um two thousand twenty one to two thousand twenty two alumni recaps, we're gonna have we're gonna talk about two guys today. We're gonna be talking about Brent Lieber and Riley McDermott. So starting off with Brent, Brent goes to Lipscomb.
1: The bison. The bisons, yes. Um Bison. Bison's alright, plural.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> um yeah, Brent obviously runs cross country and track at Lipscomb. Um, do you wanna talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so just uh, recapping some of the results from his season, in case you haven't been up on Brent. This is his final year. He's a graduate. He has got to be he has got to be on his like fifth or sixth year of eligibility because I think he had a medical red shirt in there, and then obviously the COVID year happened, so he got that year back. So Lipscomb's website lists him as a graduate student. So this is definitely his last year of eligibility. But what a good year he had. So starting off season... He didn't race in the Belmont opener, but Lipscomb still came in second. And then he, at the start of a season, was on a tear. Uh, September 17th, at the North Alabama Showcase, he threw down a 2407 8K. Uh, ended up fifth place out of 174 individual runners. And Lipscomb came second of 17 teams. October 2nd, if this has got to be the award for the longest name of a event ever. (laughs) It was the 2021 Live in Lou Louisville Cross Country Classic College Gold Race.
0: That's a tongue twister.
1: If you can say that five times fast, you win a prize. He bested his time. uh, Did almost a 24 flat. Did 24 minutes and .2 seconds. Ended up with 26th place out of 359. That was a big field. And Lipscomb came fifth of 32 teams. October 16th in the 2021 Arturo Barrios Invitational down at Texas A&M, 24-27.7, 39th place out of 265. Still a really good number. Lipscomb ended up winning the Arturo Barrios Invitational at Texas A&M. And then got into conference championship season, still was putting up really good times. On October 30th, the Atlantic Sun Conference Men's Cross-Country Championships, he put up a 24-38.7, good for 17th place. Of 98 individual runners, Lipscomb got third of 12 as far as it came to the teams. And then in regionals, what probably I would assume is going to end up being the final race of his collegiate career career in a 10K, did really well as well. Went 30 35th place individually out of 181, and 4th place of 27 teams-wise. Really good season for Brent Really good season for Lipscomb as a team. They finished fourth in regionals, ended the season ranked seventh in the South region in the coaches poll. So yeah, just a really good season for Brent. And obviously anyone who's been in Middletown for any amount of time knows Coach Lieber. His dad. And his dad is a Middletown legend. Yes,
0: the legend Coach Lieber.
1: And so to see Brent doing really well at Lipscomb and having a really good season
0: was awesome. Great for him. Yeah, I don't remember the year exactly. I think it was 2019. Um I heard about him like running in nationals back in 2019 for Lipscomb. Um you know, being a runner myself always, you know, in the summer out running, I see this, I see, you know, I see this guy and he's flying and I'm like, "Who is that?" And it's Brent.
1: I I, I you're right. I think it was 2019-2020 right before the pandemic hit where Lipscomb ended up, I believe they won the Atlantic Sun for men's cross country. And he was he had like a top 10 finish that year for men's cross country individually. So this is not like a fluke season where he came out of nowhere. He has been putting down pre-pandemic, now post-pandemic, not kind of post-pandemic, but inathletically kind of post-pandemic. He's been putting down just killer seasons where each season he just continues to win and win and win and win.
0: Yeah, he's um he's a hard worker.
1: He 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 is. He and that's something that going back to his Middletown days, you could see he's just a nose to a grindstone type guy, just gets after it. And I, I think the coolest part again is having Middletown has had and i I wish we could have gotten more of him today, but because of the interview we have coming up that sort of stuff, we're kind of spreading it out. But Middletown had multiple runners in national championships. Brent Lieber went to D1, well, not this year, but has gone to D1 National Championships in the past. Then, from a team perspective, the guy we're about to get to, Riley McDermott, his cross-country team went to D1 Nationals, qualified as a team. Brennan Straits Lynchburg went to D3 Nationals as an at-large berth. Nellie Stafford, who's at Allegheny College, her team on the women's side went to d three nationals, so there were a lot of Middletown runner alums this year, who were in national championships and doing well as well.
0: Yeah, um, that's I I didn't really know that, so that's pretty shocking to me that you know you have three is it three or four people? Four, be, four, so, yeah.
1: Be, uh, be Brent Lieber, McDermott qualified as a team. Brendan Straits, and then Nellie Stafford.
0: Yeah, you have four running alumni that have qualified for, you know, a national championship in college. That's it's pretty good. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, and for, and again, we'll, we'll cover this here in the next couple of weeks, but on Nellie Stafford's side, as a freshman, qualifying for nationals, and yeah, it was as a team, but still to get that experience and be able to compete in a national championship as a freshman is a huge deal.
0: Yeah, that's that's great for um your freshman season.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not really going back to Brent. I'm not really that knowledgeable knowledgeable on Brent because what year did he graduate?
1: So he he graduated from I want to say school in Pennsylvania because he left for his senior year, but he ran at Middletown his freshman, sophomore, and junior years. Oh, okay. Up until I think that was 2013, 2014. And then I think he was a class of two fif class of two thousand fifteen graduate at the school in Pennsylvania. Um, but still a huge deal. And i it, it is it, it's more my time than your time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really knowledgeable because, you know, um my freshman year was two thousand eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. so um and I didn't even start running and you know until, you know, the spring of my freshman year in 2019, so I, I didn't really pay attention to any of it until then.
1: He probably has to be one of the oldest Milltown alumni still in college sports just because of how many years of eligibility he's had with uh, COVID and all that. Mm-hmm. He's got to be at least 22, 23.
0: I know Um, in terms of, like, cross-country fastest times in Middletown history, he's up there. Oh, yeah,
1: he's all over it. mm mm-hmm. With some of the runners who ran cross-country at Middletown, or who ran cross-country collegiately from Middletown this season, some of them, like McDermott, was more of an indoor track guy, mid-distance guy. That's where he really thrived because he won a couple state championships. I want to say he won yeah, the state he championship won. in the Open 8.
0: He won in the Open 8. I'm pretty sure he will also won in the 1600. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, if you go in the gym and you see the, you know, individual state champions. He's up there signs. a few times. He's, he, his name's up there, yeah. So,
1: There are some runners who run cross-country for Middletown, or who ran cross-country collegiately for Middletown. I've almost said (laughs) that, like, twice. Yeah. Who, they're more indoor track, outdoor track, but they run cross-country during the fall just to stay in shape and stay with their team in college. Yeah, that's McDermott. That's McDermott. That's not Brent Lieber. Brent Lieber is a cross-country guy and has really excelled on Lipscomb's cross-country teams.
0: Yeah, um... You wanna move into McDermott?
1: Yeah. Harvard Athletics, you confuse me. I'm explaining Yeah,
0: explain. yeah, I will I, I agree.
1: I, I'm gonna explain why Harvard Athletics confuses me. Is <laughs> it's because so at the start of a year, when we're determining who our alumni are and like where they're playing, if they've changed schools because transfers, everything, everyone moves around. I go to Harvard Athletics roster like early in August before the season started. Riley McDermott, right, on the cross country roster. I was like, sweet. So then kept up on Harvard Harvard men's cross country for the season. They had a great season. Man up second in the Northeast Regional qualified Francais as a team. And then right after the season's done, Riley's name disappeared from a roster. And I was like, oh, that's that's different. And so then <laughs> I was his name hadn't been on the indoor track roster. So I was like, okay, I wonder if he, you know, something happened where he's not at Harvard anymore and like the same day he went off the cross country roster he went on the indoor he track he back roster. On, oh okay so i so riley if you're out there dro- drop us a line and tell us why harvard Athletics is tricking us and playing playing games yeah
0: like. i definitely um from what i've you know from what i've heard i know he's had um a very interesting you know collegiate career um obviously i know he's been injured and stuff so he's kind of been off and on through his collegiate career
1: well and, and we've talked about this off off mic yeah but with covid it is so difficult to figure out what people are doing because there were some kids who opted out but are still at the school and still playing athletics there are some kids who opted out and then decided eh we're kind of done athletically and decided not to play anymore then there are some kids who opted out and then transferred schools and so there's a lot of internet research that goes into determining this and then schools do funny things and trick you like Harvard just did and tricked me. So, Riley, if you're listening, drop us a line. Tell us whether you were on the cross-country team or not because you all have a really good cross-country team and a really good indoor team, and uh, if you're a part of that, we'd like to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, hoped, um, we hope to see some times from you, Riley.
1: Yeah, I, I they I think their indoor track team just had their first meet. It was a HBCU versus Ivy meet, which is an awesome idea. It was like Harvard... Dartmouth, Hampton and one other school hosted by Harvard. Really smart idea. Um and I don't think I saw a time for him in that one, but I also know that that was right after they add him to the roster. So H- Harvard Athletics, help us out please. Mysterious.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, <laughs> I
1: I I'm I'm convinced whoever VSID is, Harvard knows how intently we watch these things, They're just like, ah, oh, let's have some fun with people, <laughs> with these
0: guys. All right. So now we are going to be getting into the Raw Angle Classic. Yes. No, no games have been played yet. We just have, you know, some changes and things due to, you know, yeah, but, some recent events.
1: That re- those recent events being COVID. Yeah. Envy. Well, I <laughs> nothing I, new here. No, you I, know, I, you know I, I shouldn't even say COVID. Just a lot of teams, just for whatever reason, like they're sick. Or whatever, just dropping in, dropping out. But, so originally, the original schedule, way back when, and by way back when, I mean the start of a month of December, uh, it had four teams on each side. On the boys' side, it was going to be Brunswick, Middletown, North Hagerstown, Herndon from Virginia. On the girls' side, it was going to be Brunswick, not Brunswick, I'm sorry, geez, Bethesda Chevy Chase, South Carroll, Herndon, Middletown. The original schedule had uh, 11 a.m. game between Herndon, Brunswick, then 1 p.m. game between Herndon, and South Carroll, 3 p.m. game on the boys' side between North and Middletown, and then 5 p.m. game on the girls' side between Bethesda Chevy Chase and Middletown. Then on the 29th, 11 a.m. on the girls' side, South Carroll versus Bethesda Chevy Chase, 1 p.m. on the boys' side, Brunswick versus North, and then Milltown and Herndon played on the girls and the boys' side 3 and 5. That whole schedule, everything I just said, has been altered. So, don't take my word for it. As of now, Brunswick has dropped out. So, there are three teams and a fourth mystery team who we're going to find out shortly who it is. We don't know if they'll be taking Brunswick's spot in the games. The girls' bracket, however, is determined. Uh, on the girls' side, 1 p.m. on the 28th, Herndon at South Carroll. Then 3 p.m. now on the girls' side. Bishop O'Connell is the new team, which
0: oh okay,
1: private school, very interesting. So it's bef- uh, not Bethesda Chevy Chase. Bishop O'Connell <laughs> versus Middletown. 3 p.m. on the girls' side. Then 29th from the girls' side. 11 a.m. South Carroll versus Bishop O'Connell. 3 p.m. Middletown versus Herndon. The boys' games, hopefully, we'll figure out the schedule for that within the next couple hours. We won't be able to tell you on the podcast, but if you stay on our social media, if you stay on the official Middletown Knights social media, MID underscore sports, they'll have it there, I'm sure. So, it's been weird. This is the first Ron Angle classic where we've had a lot of teams drop out, coming in, coming out, but we talked about this a little bit last night. With the Governor's Challenge, which is one of the biggest tournaments in the state of Maryland, getting canceled literally just a day or two ago. I think it was Christmas Eve when they decided to cancel. Either
0: the 23rd or the 24th.
1: It actually worked out really nicely because there are a lot of Frederick County teams and local teams, Maryland Public School teams, that participate in the Governor's Challenge. Oakdale's gone down there, uh, I'd say, four or five years running. Same with Walkersville. Same with Linganore. Frederick's been down there at times. So now, all these teams are without tournaments. And so it's actually opened up, I feel like it's opened up the door to replacing those teams rather nicely. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we don't know if one of the teams, the team who is replacing Brunswick, is from the Governor's Challenge, is not from the Governor's Challenge. But it looks like, the, it, it, I think the biggest thing, the best thing, is that it looks like the Ron Angle Classic is still going to happen, which is...
0: Yeah, as of right now, I mean, it's looking pretty, the chances are looking pretty good. I mean, knock on wood, obviously... Don't want to jinx anything, but it's looking good to go as of right now. And then um, with the whole Brunswick dropping out thing, I mean, to elaborate more on that, you know, teams, I feel like some teams just want to use the break to, you know, to rest everybody because yes, exactly. of COVID mm-hmm. and sickness and stuff that's going around because not everything going around right now is COVID well, and stuff. I I, I
1: I think another thing is... In This is not to specify on, like, what caused Brunswick to drop out. Yeah. But a lot of teams have been playing shorthanded. With kids, whether it be they're just sick or whatever, a lot of teams have been playing shorthanded. So teams are using the break to just kind of get them back to full strength because once you come out of a Christmas break, you're hopping right into conference games again and games that count towards your playoff seating. So... Yeah, I, I it doesn't surprise me that just teams have dropped out just because everyone's kind of looking for a new thing to do and trying to figure out what's best for their team. But I'm glad that, again, knock on wood, but at least it sounds like we'll have the opportunity to go ahead with Ron Angle Classic. Uh, it'll be the 28th and the 29th, Tuesday and Wednesday. Game's at 11, 1, 3, and 5 both days. So if you're listening, make sure to stop out. All the proceeds, uh, I believe, go to the sports club. But obviously, Ron Angle is a Middletown legend um has been it it probably he's he's on the Middletown athletics round Mount Rushmore he's I mean he's that's an easy one right there so his wife Dottie has been in the community forever he was in the community forever he is sorely missed so anytime we get to partake in a tournament that has his name on it and his legacy kind of behind it is a good deal so I'm happy that we're getting to go forward with it
0: yeah so am I um And even from a coaching standpoint, you know, personally, if you have your full team and you're not shorthanded, you know, why not play in a tournament, you know? Yeah. Because you don't want want that big of a break and then have to, you know, work back into things, if you get what I'm saying.
1: Well, I can only base this off myself. I know my diet since we stopped (laughs) since last Wednesday, since the break started, has not been the most healthy diet in the world. And I'm sure some of the basketball players in the state of Maryland and in the area are in the same boat as me, where maybe their diet
0: hasn't I been. I can helping. second that.
1: So if anything, it's just good to kind of knock off a rust and get the players a little bit back into playing and shape and play mentality. So yeah, I agree 100. If you're if you're not shorthanded, why not?
0: All right, is that you think you think that covers everything, Ben?
1: Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) we always have plenty to talk about, but for the sake of a listener, so it's not a four-hour podcast. For today? Yeah, that that pretty much covers everything.
0: (laughs) All right. Time to move on to, you know, our special guest segment.
1: Our first interview. This is a big day for the... Midnight Pod. Yes, for the Midnight Podcast. Do you want to introduce him?
0: So, um... Hold on, we're gonna do a quick switch here, real quick, before I introduce him. So, introducing our first ever guest on the midnight pod, you know, great friend of mine. He's also a cross country and track athlete, drives a Honda pilot, like I said earlier, loses his wallet a lot, and you know, huge fan of Auburn. I'm pretty sure that that last one, you know, gives it away. So introducing Baron Rop. How you doing, Baron?
2: Um, I'm doing amazing. Uh, happy to be on the pod, uh, and talk about some running.
0: All right. So to start out, um, you run all year round, correct?
2: That is correct. I do cross country and then I'll do indoor track in the winter and outdoor track in the spring.
0: Why do you wake up every morning and decide to, you know, just get out there and run?
2: I mean, at this point it's just kind of habit. Um, the days where I don't run, I actually find that I'm like kind of in a grumpy mood, and um, but yeah, I just have kind of gotten into the hang of it and have kept going with it ever since. But it's just kind of a therapeutic thing at this
0: point. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's um to start out here, let's recap. You know your 2021 cross country season, and to start out, um, you had a very interesting season. You went from you know having a possible injury to dealing with sickness, to you know running at, you know, the uh, pretty much the biggest stage in high school Maryland cross country. So, um to start out, let's talk about, you know, your possible injury earlier out in the season.
2: Yeah, so um I thought I had a stress fracture in one of my feet. It was bothering me for a solid week and um so I ended up going to MMI, and while I was waiting on it, it just, like, kept getting worse and worse, and then they said, like, you don't have a stress fracture. So even though it still hurt, I just kind of got back into that hang of running and just kind of learned to deal with it, and the pain slowly dissipated. So that was uh, definitely a lucky uh, break for me, but obviously, as you're going to preface here, um, it ended up not being um, super great. Uh, in the next couple weeks following that, yeah,
0: and because of that injury, you missed the Crossfire Invitational at Liberty, which is the regional course. So we, we, um, we I'm saying we because I'm also on the team. Uh, we run that course twice. So we run that, you know, just as as an invitational meet earlier in the season, to, you know, kind of get used to that uh, regional course, and then we run it obviously at the regional meet to qualify at states, and then. Later in the season, you ended up getting sick, but you ran through it. Uh, you were sick during the um, the CMC meet at Boonesboro High School and the county meet um, at, is it Utica Park?
2: Um, I forget where. Uh, I think it was Old National
0: Park. What oh, yeah, Old that? National Park in Ligonore. I don't know if that's the correct name, but it wasn't at Ligonore High School. It was at some park in Ligonore. But you were sick both of those meets, and, you know, it didn't help you at all. You want to elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, so basically, um, I want to say 30 hours before the CMC meet, I had a fever, which obviously is not the best thing to run on because if you run, it's just going to increase your interior temperature if you have a fever. Um, so obviously, that wasn't great, and I just kind of was like, I got to suck it up and just run through this. uh just for my teammates and it did not end up going super well uh I still was first on the team and all county honorable mention and second team all CMC but it was still um nowhere near my potential for what I could have gotten at those meets but it all ended pretty well
0: yeah and then um finally moving into regionals at Liberty um Finally was able to, you know, shake the sickness. Felt pretty good for the first time in a while. You placed ninth in regionals to qualify for states individually. Uh, do you remember your time exactly?
2: I want to say it was like a 1740.
0: And this is for a 5K. Um, In high school, we either run three miles or 5Ks, and then collegiately it picks up to like 8K, 10K um, distances. But, yeah, qualify for states individually. And then let's talk about... um you know, states at Hereford. So we go to the state meet, you know, it's freezing. We're like one of the last races at the day, of the day, because, you know, they have to do 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A, both boys and girls races. You get on the course, and it's pretty much, you know, it's just a mud mud puddle out there.
2: Right, so there were eight total races uh, that day, and I ended up being in the eighth of the day. And it had been um, kind of like raining um, all morning.
0: At yeah, and the day before. Yeah, I and remember. the
2: day before at Hereford. So it was definitely a very treacherous course. And Hereford's one of those courses where there's a lot of tight turns that you have to make and really watch your footing uh, without oh yeah mud puddles everywhere. So it was definitely a lot more treacherous uh, in that situation.
0: And then um, Hereford, people... You know, if you if you're a runner in, you know, Maryland, cross country, high school running. Herford is also known as Bull Run, is like the it's the deadliest course in Maryland, I would say personally. That I've personally run on. You know, you got it's it's got a huge it's got a huge dip. So you have a huge downhill going into a huge uphill and then you know, you run around some soccer fields and then you gotta go back down the huge the the hill you just ran up and then back back up the other hill. So, you know, it's the toughest course I've ever run ever, but, you know, I personally love it. So, you know, it's not an easy course to begin with, and then you're running through it in a mud puddle, but you still manage to, you know, play 16th at States. And, um, sorry, hold on. And, um, Maryland High School 2A cross country. So that's, that's a pretty solid way to, you know, end your cross country season um, after, you know, dealing with the injury and the sickness.
2: Right. I was definitely happy with uh, how the season ended and being able to place at states was something that I always wanted to be able to do since freshman year. So it was definitely nice to be able to break that barrier.
0: And since, you know, your cross-country career at Middletown High School is, is done, um, before we move into, you know, indoor track and talk about that, do you want to share a funny story from your 2021 um, high school cross-country season at Middletown?
2: um i think the first memory that comes to mind is it's one of the first days of practice i want to say and there's this like tiny little freshman with like curly blonde hair and he shows up and he i guess he had gotten home uh from switzerland like the night before he'd gotten like maybe three hours of sleep and he comes to practice and his head is just (laughs) he's still in switzerland mentally and um so our coach uh Paul Spurrier, he's talking about um, some of the uniform specifics and kind of what we're going to be doing with that. And after he gives a directive, uh, this kid, his name's Liam, he asked Coach this exact question that he'd already uh, answered like two seconds before, and everyone just burst out laughing. It was a Yeah, it was, it was really
0: funny. You kind of just had to be there. Um, you know, I'll tell a story. We got time here. I personally wasn't there for, you know, this event, but, um, you know, so usually our practices start around three o'clock. Um, we get out of school at two 15 and everybody just, you know, heads to the track because that's where we all meet before meet and coach. We warm up and then coach will tell us what to do for the day. And then, you know, we'll just go out and, uh, get our running and stuff. So, you know, everybody, so the track is fenced in and this particular day, the track was closed. <laughs> I know exactly the gate, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gate was closed. So, you know, everybody decided to hop the fence. Don't know why I wasn't there, but, you know. It's a very that's,
2: Humpty Dumpty-esque situation. Yes,
0: everybody, you know, decided to hop the fence. Everybody gets over the fence until, um, you know, some freshman boy. I won't say your name to, you know, spare you the embarrassment if you're listening. <laughs> but let's just say, this one freshman in particular... Made it to the top of the fence. Didn't make it on the ground. He got caught on the fence and was literally hanging. Got his shorts got caught on the fence. He was literally hanging from the top of the fence for like a good a good minute or two. And then the
2: or, and then the assistant principal comes over and has to help him get down from the fence. And then when Spurrier gets there, he's like, "I would have left you up there." He was so yeah, that's
0: funny. Um, we all got a good talking to by the vice principal that day oh, before yeah. practice. It was pretty good. So, um, moving in to indoor season. So, you obviously run the three thousand two hundred and the sixteen hundred in indoor. Uh, what are your current times for those your PRs?
2: So, uh, my current three thousand two hundred my PR is a ten twenty nine. But uh, what I did in the one time I did do the three thousand two hundred indoors this season uh, was a ten thirty one, I believe. And then for my 1,600, I just ran a four fifty seven, in the um, Jeff Spielman Winter Classic a couple weeks ago.
0: So, um, to qualify for states, the current 3,200 time to state qualify is 1025.22. The current 1,600 time is 443.11. Before, you know, I give my opinions and predictions... How do you feel about how do you feel about your chances for qualifying for states in the three
2: thousand two hundred? I'd say they're effectively. I feel like I effectively have the three thousand two hundred locked down, and with the sixteen hundred, I don't know how they're structuring it this year. Usually, they'll do top four per region, and then if you're under the qualifying time, you also go to states. But I don't know four guys in two A. West that can go a 4.43, which is what the qualifying time is. Yeah,
0: Um. personally, I would say I think you could hit that qualifying time if, you know, Coach Codwell puts you in, you know, the two-mile, like two or three more times. I, I, I think you could easily hit it before, you know, the regional meet even, even comes. I think you can hit that time and have that locked in for states. But as far as the mile goes, I think you're going to have to earn it in regionals and place at the regional meet and I think you can because like you said earlier I don't see um you know four other guys that can run that time so I think you, you have to compete a little bit more for the 1600 but I could see you going for both both events
2: yeah I agree um it's gonna be an interesting season this year obviously 2A isn't the um beast so to speak that it used to be so there isn't a ton of talent, but two A West is definitely the most stacked region, uh, by a long shot. Of the fifteen kids that beat me at States, um eleven of them were from two A West. So that just kinda speaks a little bit to how good Two A West is.
0: Um as far as, you know, indoor goals go, I mean obviously you want to make states do out states. Do you have any other goals for this indoor season?
2: Um, I think my overall goal for the two-mile in general, and this is kind of one that I'm probably going to extend to outdoor, but my overall goal is to try and get under 10 minutes for the two-mile. And then for the 1600, I definitely like to get – I think I'm capable of getting that state qualifying time of 443, but – um there's some really elite kids um, who um, are in the, some of the higher divisions that i haven't even touched that time yet. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see um, how that will factor in.
0: Um, Before we go, talk to us um, about, you know, what your weekly mileage is going up and, um you know, what your training is looking like at the moment currently.
2: Right. So... My biggest emphasis in training is definitely like to try and hammer uh, some heavy weeks uh, in terms of like running a lot of mileage. So what I like to do is I have one, uh, I have three weeks build, and then I have uh, a cut week, so to speak, and then I just keep going back and forth with that. Towards the end of cross country, I was doing pretty short weeks, um, just because uh, we were doing more speed oriented stuff with the workouts and. Coach really wanted to uh, kind of focus on the workouts, but during the beginning of Cross, I was peaking around 60 miles a week, and during indoor so far, I've peaked around the mid-50s. Um, this week's my cut week, so I'm only doing 35, but next week will probably be in the mid-upper 40s, and then the next week after that, low 50s, and mid fifties, but, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who necessarily takes a lot of rest days. So I get an opportunity to put in a lot of heavy volume without, um, necessarily de- uh, degradating my potential mileage per week.
0: Good stuff. And before we sign out on, um, you know, you want to let everybody know what your plan as of right now, what your plans are, you know, for after high school after you graduate this year in uh, in May.
2: Right, so um, as you kind of prefaced by saying earlier in the podcast when you were introducing me, I am a major Auburn fan, but um, my plan as of right now is uh, i probably going to attend Hagerstown Community College for the next year or two, depending on how I like uh, the structure there, but they have a really solid team. Uh, I think they were top 10 in NAIA schools. And um, the coach um, and I there have really clicked uh, thus far. And I feel like my plan after HCC would be basically just transfer to Auburn. And if I can get to the point where I can run on Auburn's team during my time at HCC, that's definitely an opportunity I'd pursue. But um. Worst comes to worst, I just attend Auburn as a student for my uh, junior and senior years of college.
0: All right, good to know. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, Baron. It was um, a pleasure to have you. Um, That's all for today. Thank you all for listening to the Midnight Podcast. And we're out. Ben, hit us with an adios.
1: Adios.